Welcome back to Qualified-ish, the bi-weekly podcast that talks all about movies and TV shows created by qualified creators, but hosted by an unqualified lover of film. I am your host and the guest of the episode. My name is Kira. Welcome back. I'm so happy to be doing this again. (laughs) I've had a lot of friends and family be like, so what about that podcast? How's the podcast going? And I literally stopped doing it in 2021 and it is literally 2023. And so I'm flattered that people think about it and go back to episodes. The purpose of it was totally because I was so bored during COVID. And so I think it's awesome that people are wanting to be featured on it and wanting me to bring bring it back. And so I'm bringing it back. Um, I spent a lot of the summer, especially in July, recording episodes with people and friends and family and all of that with people who like just have been asking me and asking me like, I've wanted to be a part of this. I wanted to do this. And they've always had this topic in mind or maybe people that I've had in mind who I've wa- I've wanted to have on my podcast. And so it's finally happening. Um, I have a lot of great episodes lined up and a lot more to come. So Welcome back. Welcome to Qualified-ish Season 3. It felt very fitting for me to do an episode about what I watched this summer, particularly in the months of June and July. Um, There is a YouTuber and a creator, I guess, who makes content on mainly YouTube about movies, and a lot of them are like video essays or rankings of different various directors Um, And I found them during COVID and I watched them religiously. It was one of those things like I found his channel and I just stuck to it because during COVID it was ruthless. It was like, I was bored. Everyone was freaking bored. And I found this guy. I loved his stuff. And I was like, I'm going to wait every week to know what he's watching, what he's doing um, and what he's reviewing. And so one of the things that I really liked that he did was do a, what I watched in the month video and so in these videos he would basically just really quickly kind of rapid fire almost tell the viewers this is what i watched and this is what i thought of it um and for a long time that's where i got my recommendations that's where i got everything that i watched during covid and so shout out to karsten renquist he's a youtuber i still watch um It was very inspiring, as you can see, because now I started a podcast. But yeah, so that's what I'm going to be doing. I will be reviewing, I guess reviewing, more like just telling you what I think my basic thoughts are of certain things um, that I watched in the summer. And I did watch quite a few things. I'm just going to be talking about June and July because that was the bulk of it. Um, So I'm just going to get started. So starting off strong in June, this is when Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse came out, which me and my brother were very excited about. So a common theme you're going to find in what I watched these next two months are that me and my brother Anthony bought unlimited movie passes for the summer. And this is what I did last year, but I definitely utilized it more this year. Um, And so I watched movies with him pretty much almost every week, sometimes multiple times a week. And so this was the first movie we watched with the past. We had just bought it at the beginning of July. We went on July 2nd, we watched Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Now, this movie 
if you haven't seen it, you have to see it. I think that these animated Spider-Man movies are some of the best in the Spider-Man universe. Um, I'm going to probably repeat this a million times because I did watch quite a few superhero movies um, in the month of June. And so I'm not a big fan of it anymore. Like, I really liked Marvel, especially back in COVID when, you know, like WandaVision was coming out, Loki was coming out, and I still think that those are good shows, but it's just, I feel like Marvel is doing so much overkill with all of their content, and so I was a little bit nervous about yet another Spider-Man movie, so um, I was never expecting it to be bad because the first one was excellent into the Spider-Verse. I thought it was amazing. Soundtrack, amazing. Animation, so good. And the same goes for this movie. I mean, it is so clever. And there are things that you might not notice that are really intentional um, in the movie. And so definitely a good one. Great character arcs. I mean, I really can't complain. I love this movie. I do really want to rewatch it because when I watched it, I was super tired um, coming out of like a very long month. And so definitely something I would revisit. I gave it four and a half out of five stars. And by the way, all of the reviews that I'm saying, or the, all the movies, I guess, um, are reviewed on my letterbox. And this is not sponsored. <laughs> now it sounds like it's sponsored. No, it's just, I love to review stuff for fun for no goddamn reason no one cares but me it's pretty awesome so if you want to know what i wrote, wrote the review on or like what i wrote about check it out um i'll have it linked in the bio of this episode the next thing i watched was guardians of the galaxy volume 3. i know i just talked big talk about marvel um one of my favorite things that marvel has done however is guardians of the galaxy i thought the first one i remember the first time i watched the first movie um, I thought it was super clever, and the soundtrack is obviously, like, the first thing you have to notice about this movie, and everyone was falling in love with Chris Pratt, and was like, oh my god, and then put him, put him in every movie that came out after that, so there was that, but I do think that there's a lot of likable characters in this, um, in this, like, in this trilogy. I really appreciated the focus on Rocket, a character I feel like we never got to focus on in previous Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I almost shed a tear, I will tell you that. Definitely almost shed a tear <laughs> during this movie in the theater. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a good movie. Again, nothing amazing, nothing that like shocked me. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I was a little bit surprised that I liked it as much as I did. I gave it three and a half out of five stars. Um, it was a good time. And I watched it with my friend Grace. It was a great movie theater experience. I just love watching movies in the theater, is what you'll notice. So there's that. And then I also, the next thing I watched was Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox, which is an animated comic book film. Um, those who know me know that when I was in middle school, loved and I mean loved the CW Flash show I watched the first three seasons like religiously with my best friend Mira every week and I mean every week like we made our moms drive us to each other's houses so we could watch it when the episode came out and so when I heard the new Flash movie was coming out which they've been talking about it for fucking forever 
Um, I knew it was going to be bad because I personally love Barry Allen, who is in the CW show. I think that he's a rock star. I think he's a great cast. Um, so I knew it was going to be a shit show. But my brother was like, let's prepare for the, the Flash movie and watch this comic movie. And, you know, it's a good movie. Again, three stars out of five. Um, it's a good time. It's nice and short and sweet. It gets It gets the point across about the Flash's, like, backstory and this, the superheroes that work with the Flash. And so it's a good time. Nothing that stood out to me. But it is a good place to start if you want to get into the Flash or you're going to watch the Flash movie for whatever fucking reason you want to watch that movie. I don't know. But yes. The next thing I watched was actually a short docu-series on... Amazon Prime called Shiny Happy People Dug Her Family Secrets, which I'm not going to spend too much time on this because it's exactly what it sounds like. So anyone who watched 19 Kids and Counting growing up, like myself, um, is going to want to watch this because it's exactly what the title says. It, it exposes the family secrets of the Duggar family. It's really not all that surprising, in my opinion. It's pretty disturbing at times. Um, but if you've seen other docu-series that are about big religious groups like this, um, almost culty, it's really not surprising, unfortunately. So, yeah, and especially everything that happened with Josh Duggar that came out on the news, you kind of already know a little bit about it, but you get more of like an insider view. Um, so, yes, I gave it three three stars out of five. Also, some of my reviews, um, it's hard to, it's really hard for me to gauge a star rating on Letterboxd. It's out of five stars, and I feel like sometimes I have a hard time gauging that, especially because sometimes when I watch something and then I'm about to record it, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I really don't know. And sometimes I go back and change it. And so take my reviews. First of all, take anything I say with a grain of salt when it comes to this thing. I just... I just really enjoy <laughs> watching stuff and exposing myself to different kinds of films and TV shows and all that stuff. So, so yes, the next thing I watched was an Amazon, no, it was a Hulu um, rom-com called Rye Lane. And listen, everyone loves a good rom-com. If you don't and you're telling yourself that, I think you're lying because... It is so comforting watching a movie like this. Um, Ryan Lane was really charming and a little bit more, uh, what's the word, like thoughtful, I feel like, than most recent rom-coms. Um, it's about like two, two strangers, really, who just happen to stumble upon each other and they like start to be friends and then they start to be really into each other. The writing is really great in this. Um, super intentional, super like warm if that makes any sense it's a good rom-com I would definitely recommend it especially if you're kind of tired of the you know like rewatching the old ones and which the old classic ones are great but sometimes you want to find something new and this is a great example of a rom-com that came out recently that is also really great and charming and so I gave this a four out of five stars then we're back the flash so me and Anthony went and watched The Flash together in theaters, and what an experience this movie is, especially in theaters. Um, it is 
really a shit show. This movie is exactly what you think it's going to be, which is trash. Um, They've been building up this movie forever. The main actor is an asshole person. And he wasn't even that great as The Flash. Like, I really wasn't convinced by him. He just really tried to do this overly quirky persona too much. It was too much. Like, he was being like, oh, ha ha, he he, I'm awkward. And I'm like, Barry Allen's awkward, but this weird dialogue is not making it any better. So there's that. There's a lot of weird sequences. The CGI is ass. The dialogue is horrible. To say that I wasn't entertained would be a lie. I will say I feel like in the middle it picks up a little bit. Um, But other than that, I just, it's really completely forgot that I even watched it until I started this episode. So really just skip this. Um, I also feel like it did a bad job at explaining the complexities of other characters in the Flash universe kind of hard to explain if you don't understand but there's a lot of like almost multiversey type things in this which if you don't know how to do that complex kind of topic discussion in movie it can be really messy and it is so it's very messy in this movie i gave it a two out of five for being entertaining and then i watched inside out or I guess I rewatched Inside Out because I was preparing to watch the new Pixar movie Elemental. Inside Out, there's really nothing new I can say about this. Four and a half out of five stars. It is super charming, such a clever movie um, for kids and for adults. And I feel like there's just a lot of great things to say about it. The pizza reference, the pizza place reference for, from the the city. Love that still have to try that place in the city. I still want to. Um, Again, nothing new. I'm just going to say it. It's a great movie. One of the best Pixar movies that has come out in the past 10 years, in my opinion. Then I watched Elemental in theaters. Now, I wasn't sure what to think about this movie because I enjoyed it, but I wasn't blown away and I was like, I need to sit on this for a minute. So I didn't ever rate this movie because I feel like I was just underwhelmed, you know, like, I was entertained, but I was just a little bit underwhelmed, I think the general um, topic in this movie is important, you know, like, it's about immigration, and how people view ostracized groups, and that's all fine and dandy, but I feel like the execution of it was a little bit lazy, I also feel like the romance in this, which the romance is the main part of the plot, by the way, which I think is part of the issue. The romance was not strong, or at least strong enough for me to be like, oh, this is so great and I care about these characters. I felt like, so our main character is a, like a feisty fire woman and her family moves to this like mainly water dominated, air dominated city. And it's like fire and water don't mix, but like she starts falling in love with this water guy who works for the city. And this guy, don't even remember his goddamn name. I don't know. But he is really dull. Um, Can't tell you a single thing about him. He just like kind of acts quirky and awkward and then we're supposed to like him. And I'm just like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Because our our main character is more interesting than that. Um, The ending, I will say, 
fin- it finished stronger than I had expected. So kind of hit close to the heart. I'm not going to lie. I almost cried, but the rest of the movie is whatever. There's just no way in hell I would rewatch this over Inside Out. Like Inside Out had much more clean execution and the storyline was super tight. This, I just felt like it was lazy. Sorry, not sorry. It's a little bit charming, but nothing more than that. <laughs> so then around this time is like the middle of June and the new Black Mirror season comes out. And people who know me know that Black Mirror was a Black Mirror is a very pivotal part of my taste in film and TV. I discovered it when I was very young, and that is probably not the best decision. Do not do that to young kids or anything. I did it to myself, but anyways. So ever since the last, actually, I'm not going to say, there's a whole episode coming out about Black Mirror. So I'm going to save all that talk for that episode because it is an excellent episode with some awesome friends. So I'm just going to give you the review. This is why, I think I'm just blabbering, you guys. So the first episode I watched from the newest season is Joan is Awful, which I feel like is the most recognizable episode um, to most people because I feel like it was marketed the the most and it's easier to market than the other ones. Um, you know, this idea of, you know, we don't read the terms and conditions and it might be detri- detrimental to us is a very real thing. And I could totally see what happens in this episode to be happening in real life, which is what makes Black Mirror so scary. There's just something, I don't know, but this season in general, season uh, five or six, I think six of Black Mirror, it just lacks like the amount of fear that I had in comparison to watching the other seasons. Like this episode's great. There's a lot of like guest stars in this, which is really random. And um, it can be creepy at times and funny at times. Um, But in general, the season is just like, again, some of the topics are interesting, but the execution, lazy. And so this, at the time I gave three and a half stars, I'd probably give it something something lower, like three. So there's that. And then the next thing I watched was the next episode, which was Locke Henry, which is a, it's more of like a mystery, like homicide situation um so it's it's really good if you like true true crime um this episode is a little bit slower burning than other previous black mirror episodes so that's something to kind of take note of um i think it's like an hour and a half ish long yeah um it's a fine it's a fine episode I, i there's nothing more to say about it really um, I know people really didn't like this episode. I actually enjoyed this. Um, I wasn't very surprised by any of the twists that happened in this, which I feel like Black Mirror is known for the twists. And so maybe that's what people are talking about that they don't like about this episode. But there's that. The next thing I watched was The Birds, by, directed by Hitchcock. Um, I mean, talk about how to do fear and instilling fear in the viewer this movie does a great job uh and this is what Hitchcock does well it's like a very simple concept a very simple topic you know there's few characters and it's just like a simple thing like there's birds that are around us all the time and it takes something like that 
and it instills fear in us and it's like shit like i'm walking on the street there's a bird in the in my close proximity will it kill me will it attack me like i'm nervous and so the fact that that movie after i watched it gave me that like oh shit feeling is definitely a good sign that it was well done so um yeah i mean this movie is very simple it's about this lady who works at a bird shop this man walks in she's interested in this man just by the way he's talking and just wants to know more about him she pretty much finds where he lives and brings him these birds that he was talking about with her from the shop and ever since she does that there's weird behavior coming from the birds like they are attacking people they're killing people and just the way this is shot is super clever and eerie but not in the way that it's like ooh, a jump scare or ooh, the lighting is so weird it's like most of this is shot during the day so um very clever four out of five stars loved it then the next thing i watched was i think it's pronounced titan it's a french movie that came out two years ago i think it won some some awards i think like oscars gave some of the film awards to them i don't know why i just said it like that but it's a it's a critically acclaimed film is what i'm saying and i hadn't watched it until um this summer and i don't know what to think of this still i can't tell if i like it so the thing about movies like this where it's about body horror and it's so there's a lot of a lot of blood a lot of weird shit it's like sometimes it's hard for me to distinguish did i just get scared by that did i like that did i am i just do i not like it because it scared me you know um and usually i gauge it based on how i feel like if something like this were i'm not sure i gauge it based on how i feel after the film even a couple days later even a week later and I just didn't, maybe I just didn't get it. Um, this movie, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm not even going to describe it. If you like bodily horror film, maybe give it a watch. I actually really love this director's other film. It's called Raw. It's like a coming of age body horror film. Super weird. Can be completely hard to watch. But for some reason, it's still relatable, which is bizarre. Like, the ability for filmmakers to do that is insane. Like, I'm watching this girl. By the way, this is not this film. I'm watching this girl eat, like, a human piece of flesh, basically. Not basically. Yes, it is happening. And it's awful. I hate it. I can't watch it. I can't stand it. But the entire film as a whole is just, it wraps up so tightly and it's at the end of the day it's a coming of age film and so you can totally relate um but you just have to be like i need to be ready to see this crazy shit on screen <laughs> and so i loved that film when i was going into this excited for Titan, and just didn't understand it i don't think i just don't think i understood it didn't care for the main character i know that the, the main character is not supposed to be the best person but it's like dude like i still did not care i just didn't care um, the other thing is that towards the end of this movie, I felt like it was trying to do too much. Like, it started focusing on a separate character as well, which is okay and can be done. But I just it just felt like it was supposed to be two movies, and I just didn't care. And I, ugh, I don't know. Would not watch again. I'm so sorry. Maybe I should give it another watch, though. I don't know. 
Okay, and then the next thing I watched was Asteroid City, which is the new Wes Anderson film that came out in June. Um, another one that I watched with Anthony in theaters, probably one of my favorite movie theater experiences during the summer slash, honestly, the whole time. Um, I like Wes Anderson. I wouldn't say like I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan, but I think this movie really clicked with me. I don't really know why, which is funny because I feel like most people who do usually like Wes Anderson didn't love this movie, which is definitely like a hasty generalization, but, um, it's what I've been hearing. Um, and there's just so much to say about this. Like I could do a whole episode on this, on this movie. Um, it talks a lot about kind of almost in some ways, the repercussions of COVID and how isolation affects us and just creativity and innovation and like film and acting and playwrights and all of that. And I kind of love that shit. Not gonna lie. Like I love movies about art i love movies about film because it just reminds us like about how important the medium is even though we always watch film we always watch tv we always do all that i feel like sometimes we forget the effects of it and the reasons that people do it and so i felt like this movie has a lot of great moments that show that but also a lot of interesting characters and i feel that because there's quite a few characters I think people might get lost in some of them and be like, oh, there's so much happening, which is 100% valid. But I do think that if you take a step back and you don't try to overanalyze the movie, that there's a lot to it that you can just easily take away, um, which is easier said than done. But um, great, great movie experience because Wes Anderson elicits a very interesting group of people because... There's a lot of people my age who are like young adults who love Wes Anderson, big fan bases. And then there's like the older Wes Anderson fan group, people, whatever word. And so the movie theater was definitely a mix of like anywhere from 18 year olds to like 70 year olds, which I always love because it's, it's just a fun experience. Um, and people just laugh at the most random times because Wes Anderson is just like that. Like, he, his humor is so dry. And so people will just randomly laugh. Other people won't. And then they'll, it will, like, switch up and it'll be like, why aren't people laughing? And it's just like, I don't know. It's just funny. And it's just a good time. I give this four and a half out of five stars. Then I watched No Hard Feelings in theaters. Um, no Hard Feelings is a rom-com with Jennifer Lawrence. And this surprised me. I really enjoyed this. It reminded me of like early 2000s rom-coms um, with like, a you know, like, that, like a little quirky, awkward boy, which I feel like is a theme of many characters in these things that I'm watching. Um, but he pulled it off well. And I can totally see this actor doing so much more after this. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is like naked in this movie, which I had no idea was happening. I was like, oh, wow. Holy shit did not expect that um it's a fun time I laughed at most of the jokes I think some people will feel differently about this movie but it was a great time super entertaining yeah that was that so I gave it three out of five stars the next thing I watched was another Black Mirror episode from the newest season called Maisie Day holy shit talk about a really really bad plot twist this 
was wildly disappointing. I was honestly really into it until the plot twist happened. And I do think that you should give this a watch if you're interested because it's a shit show. Like, it, it for real is a shit show. Like, I don't know. I can't even describe it because I don't want to spoil it. But it, I gave it one star out of five because it was just on such a good track. And then it took a complete 180. It took a 360. Like, I don't know. It was insane. Then I watched Moonrise Kingdom. We're still in June, guys, by the way. Which is another Wes Anderson. You know, I like this movie. Not my favorite Wes Anderson, though. I like Fantastic Mr. Fox more. Grand Budapest Hotel. I do need to watch more, though. So I will say that. I gave it three and a half out of five stars. Um, Great child actors in this, though. Holy shit. What? I was super surprised. There's that. Then I watched, or I rewatched Raiders of the Lost Ark because this was around the time that the new Indiana Jones came out. So Raiders of the Lost Ark is just chef's kiss, masterpiece, lovely action film. It's a classic. It is rated PG, but it should be rated PG-13 or even rated R because of how much blood and gore is in this movie. Um, and just like Harrison Ford in the, in the 80s, can you really go wrong with a film with Harrison Ford in the 80s? No, there's just nothing wrong with it. So this movie, I do think, is just amazing. Five out of five stars. And that is the first five out of five I gave this summer. I don't even know if I gave any more, but there's that. But then I watched the last movie of June was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, the newest and latest Indiana Jones. I gave it three out of five stars. A great time, a fun time. Um, I love Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I'm a fan. She's just an amazing writer. And so when I saw her in this movie, I was like, what? Not complaining, though. Um... This movie runs a little bit long. There are some issues I have with it in terms of pacing. And there's also this one character that in the beginning takes like a lethal hit to the fucking head. And you're just like, whoa, that's insane because you're definitely dead. But also they just introduced this really important character in the beginning. And then he appears in whatever next scene he's in and he is scarless and he is fine and I'm telling you, if you watch this movie, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Because this man literally takes the worst hit ever. It's, it, yeah, I don't, it's crazy. So, anyways, still a good time. What with my dad? My dad is a big Indiana Jones dude. Totally carried that on to me because I love that fucking ride at Disneyland. It's like my favorite one. I think it's just like, is super nostalgic for me the music, all of it, so good, um, so yes, that's what I watched in June, yay, woo, mm, 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 mm. that's what I watched in June, let's start the next month, July, so July, I started off watching another Black Mirror episode from the latest season, um, and you're probably wondering, by the way, why is she recording, um, TV show episodes, um, Letterboxd does put some TV shows on their on their app or their site or whatever. Um, and usually they are like short series episodes or something like that. And so for Black Mirror, it's because I think because that these are standalone episodes, they kind of act as movies because they have completely different cast, completely different everything. So anyways, I watched Demon 79. 
and I will give Black Mirror this, that this was very non-traditional for a Black Mirror episode. It's like satire, um, comedy, but also kind of like almost horror. It was very much giving Death Note vibes. Um, the main actress in this was excellent. Like I thought she was super good and everything else was fine. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was okay. Three and a half out of five stars. Then I rewatched for, I think, the fifth or sixth time, Francis Ha. And for anyone who knows, I love Francis Ha. I think that this is the coming of age film, the realism film of the last like 20 years. I, I really love this film. I always go back to it because the writing is so fucking good and the acting is so fucking good. And yeah, I mean, Noah Baumbach is a great director. Um, and I just love Greta Gerwig as an actress as well. So this is a win-win. And this movie always makes me cry at some point in the movie, even though, you know, like this is a dialogue heavy film. And so it's a lot of just people talking, but the way that people are articulating how they're feeling in this, how they're articulating to other people, you know, like what's going on in their life at this time. And, and, and it's like the mid twenties of, of the main character's life. It's super, super real. And so I think it just, it's, it's always relatable. Like even, even though like I'm not in the place of this main character, I feel like it still hits home and I will forever love this film. I don't know. Then I watched Past Lives, Past Lives in Theaters with my best friend Mira. Um, this movie, God, was heartbreaking at times. Um, I thought, again, the acting, super good. A24, I mean, just, they just do it again. It's, it's, it's lovely and it's heartbreaking, but it's also really romantic at the same time and it's super real. Um, I think there were times when I felt like the flow of the movie could have been better. I also feel like the aesthetics of the movie were a little bit dull and they could have been elevated just a tad. Um, but I mean, the message is super strong and the dialogue for the most part is pretty strong. I do think that there are parts of the storyline that could have been better developed. Um, regarding some of the side characters. But overall, a really lovely film. Then I rewatched The Breakfast Club because there may or may not be an episode coming out about The Breakfast Club, but this is another five-star movie, another classic, and I won't say much more because maybe, maybe not, there is another episode coming out about it. So yes. Then I watched Joyride in theaters with my brother. Y'all, I don't know. I feel like raunchy comedies are not my thing. They really never have been. I feel like the only exception is Bridesmaids, in my opinion, for myself. I don't know. At first, I walked out. I was like, that was fun. You know, like that was enjoyable. I gave it three out of five stars. I do think now I would give it like two. <laughs> Just like thinking about it, I'm like, oh, like some of the stuff in this is really too much. It didn't work for me. Um, there's just nothing really to write home about. I really just don't think there is. And that's all I'm going to say, you know? 
Then the next thing I watched was Magic Mike's Last Dance. And now, y'all, before you giggle at me, Magic Mike, the trilogy, is literally one of the best trilogies ever. I'm, like, actually being so (laughs) serious. I remember watching the first one and being like, okay, so that was actually great. Like, I'm not kidding. A great movie. Like, probably, like, a four-star movie. Super good. And the character development is just better than other movies I've listed on here. And so this is the third, the third movie that I, uh, that I watched. The third movie of the, of the trilogy. It's good. I feel like I need to rewatch it. Um, Selma Hayek is in this movie for whatever fucking reason. Um, I think that this was not as strong as the other two. Um, but yeah, it was a good way to wrap it up. Choreography is insane in this movie. I feel like it's the strongest it's been in the than in the other movies, which is saying something because the first two movies are also good. But yeah, y'all, I'm I'm being serious about this. You should really give this a watch. I'm I'm being so serious about it because it is a quality movie. These are quality movies, and I'm being so serious. Then I watched another Black Mirror episode, Beyond the Sea, which I was told by other people that this is the best episode in the latest season, which to that I say, I don't agree. Um, <laughs> I will say Aaron Paul delivers what I think is one of his best performances, period, like, which I was super surprised about. Um, the plot twist in this, I also predicted, and I'm, guys, I'm not one to predict plot twists. I like to just sit and watch. I don't like to overthink. I just like to let the movie play out. I like to see it happen so that I don't ruin it for myself. But it was just obvious, and I was like, ugh, whatever. It's just a whatever movie to me. It's two and a half stars out of five. Maybe it deserves more. But I don't know if I'll rewatch it because it's a long episode, and there are plenty better Black Mirror episodes. Then I watched Clue which it was my first time watching Clue, and as a Knives Out fan, I understand the shit that you're going to give me for watching Clue so late. Um, This is another great 80s movie, actually even better than I had expected. I didn't know that this was such a cult classic until Danny told me to watch it. My friend Danny was like, how have you not seen this? And I'm like, I actually don't know. But the dialogue is super funny. The characters are just so committed to these roles. Um, and I found out that when this movie came out in theaters, so, well, let's back up. When you watch this on streaming, it gives you, at the end, three different endings. And it says ending one, ending two, ending three. But when it came out in theaters, they just sort of randomly showed the various endings, but not all of them. They just showed you know, ending one for one showing, and maybe ending two for a different one, and so apparently people didn't know until, like, the VHS tape was out that there were various endings, which I just think is crazy. Like, that is such a cool fact. So, this is a five out of five. Easy. This movie is excellent. Loved it. Then I rewatched Eighth Grade. I kind of just stumbled upon this on a streaming service, and I was like, I want to rewatch this. Like, it's been years. Um, Bo Burnham should direct more stuff because this is super good. Such an awkward movie in the best way possible. Like, it's supposed to be awkward. It's just 
it's good. This movie is good. It's exactly how kids who are growing up with technology are. And so it's super self-aware. And I just love the character development of our main character. She is a great actress. Um, although right now, she is only, the only thing I've seen her in since eighth grade, which is definitely not the only thing she's been in, is The Summer I Turned Pretty as a side character. Um, her name is Skye, if you're, kid, if you're wondering. Gosh, her character is so unlikable in that show. But that's a side tangent. I just, all I'm saying is that she's great in this movie and I think she should do more and maybe I just haven't seen it. Maybe I just haven't seen the, the stuff that she's been in. Then I watched Comet, which I gave four and a half out of five stars and Leia and Mir, my friends, my sister's friends, both. Um, <laughs> they were like, oh my God, Sam Ismail uh, directed this. And to those who don't know who Sammy Smell is, he is the creator and the genius behind Amazon Prime's Mr. Robot, aka one of the best shows that has come out ever. And I'm being so serious. And so I saw this, I was like, gotta watch it. It's great. Obsessed with the cinematography in this, like seriously obsessed. I've not heard a single person talk about this movie. But it's great. I mean, I feel like people will say the writing is cringy. I just think it fits the character that Justin Long plays in this. Um, but yeah, good movie. It's like it's like not it's like rom com ish. It's more like romance, not rom com. Um, but it's good. And then we hit the Barbie Oppenheimer week and so i watched barbie on the wednesday before it came out at the barbie blowout bash near my house and it was so fun and it was a great time and this movie fucking just it's so fucking good the writing in this is so funny and the set design is absolutely insane like you seriously think that these barbies are living in barbie dream houses um, Margot Robbie, Chef's Kiss, Ryan Gosling fucking knocks it out of the park. Like, seriously knocks it out of the park. Um, I really appreciate how this movie doesn't just focus on Barbie, it focuses on Ken. Um, I think it could have done more in terms of addressing certain parts of how Barbie Land translates with human world stuff and vice versa and how the effects change after the Barbies go to human, the human land and such like that. But loved it. Four and a half out of five stars. So good. Then I watched Oppenheimer that Friday when it first, when it came out in 70 millimeter IMAX, which was lovely. Um, this guy that works at the theater gave us like a whole spiel before the movie started was like, he was like, this is a real pleasure. We haven't had real film in this theater in such a long time. And I hope you enjoy it. It was like super sweet. Um, you know, this movie's good. I gave it four and a half out of five stars. I think I would give it four now. Um, I do have quite a bit of gripe, quite, quite a bit, quite a bit of gripes, quite, quite a bit of issues with the film. 
Um, but that's not to say that it's a good movie. This is a really good movie. Um, at first, when I walked out of it, I thought this was Christopher Nolan's best. I don't think it is anymore. Uh, I will say the three hours go by relatively fast, but I do think that the climax and the timing of the climax is a little bit, it fucks with you a bit because you're just like, oh, this means the movie's done almost. You know, like I'm guessing, oh, 20 minutes more of the movie. No, there's like an hour left. And so I feel like it kind of drags after that. Robert Downey Jr., so good. Killian Murphy, so good. Um, wanted more from Florence Pugh's character, for sure. Same with Emily Blunt's character. Um, I appreciate the structure of the movie. I appreciate the use of black and white and the color. Um, I think some aspects could have been addressed more, which is saying a lot because there's a lot of characters, a lot of things are happening. And although it's three hours, you feel like it is fast at times. Like, it's just like, you meet this character and then you meet this character and then this thing happens and then they do this project and it's like this meeting, blah, 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 blah. And at times I felt like maybe it was hard to follow, um, especially in the beginning, but then when you're in it, it's like, oh, I want to know what happens next. So overall, good movie. Barbenheimer, success. I feel like I was just super glad that these movies weren't like pinned up against each other and instead they were like, Oh, let's let's everyone go watch both movies, but just let's just talk about when we're gonna watch both. <laughs> like I love that. So that concludes the Barbenheimer part of this um, review. This this episode. The next thing I watched was Dog Day Afternoon, and Al Pacino. Man, just a movie again, kind of like Harrison Ford of the eighties, an Al Pacino movie in the seventies and the eighties chef's kiss this movie is great i love a good heist movie love a good single setting story um dialogue is good in this movie as well i just sydney 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 lumet as a director is so good and i want to watch more of his stuff is all i have to say then as we're getting close to the end of july then I watched 2019's Little Women, directed by Greta Gerwig. Or let me say, I rewatched. I love this movie to pieces. I just, it, again, one of my comfort movies. It makes me want. It makes me want to be in Christmas time. Like I associate this movie with Christmas time. Um, although I watched this in July, but I just was craving a, a viewing of this and seeing you know, the conversations between Joe and her sisters. It's just so comforting. Um and it's like <laughs> every time I watch this I'm like, oh, Amy and Joe are just two sides of the same fucking co coin and people keep saying that they're not. It drives me nuts. But these people are like they're sisters and they love but also hate themselves and it's just they're one of the same. They are just one of the same. And the way that the love story plays out in this is just treacherous. It's just super hard to watch sometimes. But it's also so loving at times. Just, guys, such such a good movie. Then I watched, for the first time, Singing in the Rain. Why was this my first time, you ask? Don't know, because I'm a big, like, La La Land lover. And most people know that La La Land was inspired by a lot of 
different musicals, but mainly The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, which I watched that movie last year, I think, which is excellent. And then Singing in the Rain. And then same with Barbie. Barbie was inspired partially by Singing in the Rain. It's very obvious when you watch Singing in the Rain that it is. <laughs> but the energy in this is electric and the charisma from the actors is amazing. Um, a really fun time, a fun musical. And you understand when you watch this that this is a classic and you understand why. Um, it's just many iconic moments. Nothing more to say about it because it's already been said. And then the last thing I watched in July was actually a rewatch of Barbie because I went with my best friend Grace. And it's fun to watch this movie with someone who hadn't seen it yet. So I honestly loved the movie more on the second watch, to be honest. And um, I don't know, I just nothing more to say because I've already said it. But that concludes what I watched in June and July of this year. So thank you for listening. Welcome to Qualified-ish season three. Will every episode be as chaotic as this one? In some ways, yes, but for the most part, it will be more structured. So please stay tuned, follow the podcast on Instagram, follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell you watch this on or listen to this on. Um, I will see you on the next episode. Yay!